With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. And the last couple of uh, Eastern and Western Conference final playoff games, I have had such Timberwolves envy or like envy on behalf of the Timberwolves when there's a big moment in the third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever. And on either side, you get either the Mike Breen bang and oh, my God, my the goosebumps. And now, I mean, Kevin Harlan, if you're a Wolves fan going back to the 90s, Kevin Harlan's been been on your radar but when he yells god you know just like yep. these heightened moments dude it's been almost 20 years since we've had that in late may mid-may late may for this franchise that game seven against the kings which you can find on the internet kevin garnett load up the clips the uzis and then uh, the Lakers series it's been it's been far too long i guess is and i'm already excited for next year's nba season as we sit here <laughs> trying to wind this one down let's just start it off with just the most homer take you could have uh the more these playoffs go on the better i feel about the timberwolves oh my god oh, <laughs> like, look at this guy um and this isn't like uh, uh, i'm entering today's podcast just burnt out new job lot stuff so it's not even it's not fake it's just this isn't hang the banner jokes or whatever you just watch the western conference the team that gave the nuggets the best run was the wolves and they did it without jade and they did it without nas again that doesn't mean anything at all uh you were bouncing the first round in five games it, it's over all your players are now hanging out in new york and atlanta and all this stuff but throwing out Miami. the first pitch for the yankees last night yeah. carl anthony towns don't wear a yankees hat if you move to boston uh wait we'll get into that later um no i just he moves to your neck of the woods out there in portland which we can we can talk about well they're trying to build a baseball stadium out here as well i think they're kind there of fighting to yeah. i don't think they're gonna get the a's but no i just if you watch the, the best player in these playoffs, hands down, is Nicole Jokic. It's going to be a coronation for that man in the finals, whether they play the Heat, which seems like the likely outcome, or the Celtics. Uh, and no one, I mean, he, he dominated everyone in every game. His playoff numbers are absurd. But the, the, the person that kind of gave him the biggest, you know, issues was Rudy Gobert. Um, now, maybe, right? right? So, uh, did they win the trade? I don't know. But, no, I mean, it, if Dude. you watch how he dominated Aiton, he dominated Anthony Davis, uh, no one can stop him. He is the face of the league now, and when he wins a ring, he will be the face of the league. But maybe it wasn't as bad, you know? Like, I've seen other people from even the Nuggets side be like, yeah, the, the Wolves gave them the most issues. We had no issues with the Suns. 
very few issues like with the Lakers. Once, you know, they figured out the Rui Hachimura thing, it's like, all right, Jokic will crush them. Um, but the Wolves gave them a little bit of a fight, and no one has looked better than Anthony or than Anthony Edwards did against the Nuggets. So again, a lot of banner jokes, whatever, but you're seeing more and more of these teams. I mean, the Celtics might be a game or two away from blowing up that their whole roster. Who knows what the Lakers are going to do? Is LeBron going to retire? Are the Warriors done? Like, there's just so many teams in flux. And it's like, I don't know, man, maybe running it back as unsexy as that sounds, Phil. Yeah. Um, might be the thing you do and just keep kind of that camaraderie for a year and then figure it out at the, at the deadline. Or as Doogie's always been saying, 2024 summer, that might be the summer you really – make a massive pivot and so. it is great camaraderie when i think of camaraderie i think <laughs> kyle anderson rudy gobert all just hanging out uh hanging out by the way on maybe on their bennington pontoon a new sponsor here on score north and flagrant howls courtesy of the lodge the power lodge that is in miller marine in st cloud so the power lodge has locations in brainerd anemia and ramsey and miller marine in st cloud i don't know about you kyle but i am a yacht rock lifestyle guy on a pontoon I can't afford uh, like a yacht, but you know, I'm a pontoon guy. And anytime we can crank some Michael McDonald, some Ambrosia, a little Christopher Cross on a Bennington pontoon is a good summer day in my book. And so if you are consuming this episode before Memorial Day weekend, they're going to be closed on Sunday and on Monday, but Saturday, Memorial Saturday, they're open. So get on in there. Maybe you can get something out on the water for the end of the holiday weekend. Powerlodge.com, MillerMarine.com. It all starts at the Lodge, Power Lodge. So, all right, let's, God, there's so much to sift through here on this episode, but <laughs> I feel like it's been a week now since you and I were, uh, were texting late in the night and we're, we're going through just different, it was, it was draft lottery night and we're yep. going through different Timberwolves things and you just floated cat for the number three. Blazers got the number three. <laughs> so your idea inspired me to build a whole episode around this last week on Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd. And I feel like it kind of, I don't know, because John Hollinger also came to the same sort of idea. We literally posted podcasts at the same time in the morning and John Hollinger on his podcast. So there was there was a couple different platforms talking about this. And then Canis Hoopas picked it up and a couple other platforms. It just became this huge conversation, Cat Blazers. We also saw Carl Anthony Towns in New York and throwing out the first pitch for the Yankees. So that, that gets people talking even more about the Cat Knicks stuff. I've seen... I've seen a cat to the bulls trade on the internet. I've seen, I've seen uh, Colin Cowherd on his Fox sports one show float cat to the warriors, for instance. So this is going to keep going. I'm just going to throw this at you. What is your appetite for a cat trade? Now that you've had some time here, now that you've been dissecting all these ideas, you and I talking about the Portland thing, what's your appetite for it? You li- you have to listen on every call, which I know that's common sense when you have a front office that has that many voices in it or that many opinions, you listen to every call. This summer is going to be full of movement as every summer is. Um, but you, you listen to those calls because again, I don't think gun to my head that we're going to see a big move this summer. I think they'll retool again, focus on, you know, same coach, same GM, same roster and see if that's enough to push them over. And maybe they think the same thing I do with that. So many teams in the West could be are aging out. I mean, really, truly, the with Damian Lillard, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Draymond Greenlee, the list goes on and on and on. It's like the West is getting old, while the East, I think, is a little younger and has some more time to grow. Um, but 
because I, I do think that within the next year, the new CBA is going to force them to trade a guy. You just Bobby Marks from ESPN has been all over it. You can't really pay Carl, Rudy, Ant, and Jaden starting in 2024 and think that you can get any sort of bench. I mean, you, like under those four, the way I understand it right now is like you're not going to be able to go get those Kyle Andersons. <laughs> you're yeah. going to have to kind of do what the Suns are doing is like have a really stripped down roster outside of your three or four guys. So I'm open to it, but I wouldn't make a panic trade yet. I know that we're we're still coming off a season that was very disappointing. Um, and there's a lot of excuses either way to like be super critical or super positive. I'm kind of in the middle, but I do keep coming back to like watching these teams one by one fall apart, watching Chris Paul be unplayable, watching DeAndre Ayton have no interest in playing basketball. Uh the Jordan, best thing- the Jordan Poole. Draymond yep. Steph yep. thing is yep. toxic. Like, yeah, I mean, we're it's we're doing this on a Wednesday. Like, there was some really cryptic, honestly, not even joke worthy, like John Morant Instagram posts. Whereas, like, apparently, like the police did like a wel- welfare check on him because he had said bye. Like, I don't. So every team is like honestly going through more issues than the Timberwolves are. Uh, so again, to your point on about Carl you look into all of them that's why you have this front office with all these different people that you've accumulated from all these different front offices but I don't think now is the time to do it um you just got to wait until you think the price is better because a lot of people think Carl's value is some of those trades you said like the Chicago Bulls one like yeah sorry I'm not trading Carl for like Alex Caruso and a pick it's also well, the one <laughs> I saw was it be Zach Levine and Alex Caruso I, I like oh. I'm, a, I'm an Alex Caruso I'm a huge Zach Levine stan and understand that he doesn't play a lick of right. defense. Although last year there were some blips in his defensive uh, metrics, I will mm-hmm. I will say that only mm-hmm. took him about a decade in the NBA. Um, Alex, so Alex, it was Alex Crusoe and Zach Levine for Carl Anthony Towns and Torian Prince. So you wouldn't be getting any picks, but it would just be like matching money. You'd be swapping out. Let's say Torian Prince and Alex Crusoe kind of just cancel out as 29, 30 year old role players. Torian Prince has a better offensive game. Caruso is more of a point guard, right? Let's say they cancel out as just good role players. So you basically be swapping Cat for Levine. Right. Which, again, why? <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, what, what's I love the- Levine, but like, uh, I'd rather leverage Cat for Scoot Henderson for the number three right. overall pick or something, which we can talk about that too. Or uh, I made that Boston joke last night. Uh, Show it to Alex Rodriguez. Uh, I don't know what private jet or I don't know what pontoon he's riding around the country, but uh, that's powerlodge.com. <laughs> he was uh, he was in Miami on a on a Sunday and then he was in L.A. on a Monday. And now he's back in Miami. He's taken Ant, I guess, to these games in Miami, which I actually think is pretty Love cool. It, Soak um, in the atmosphere. Ant Ant loves it. And I seriously, again, jokes aside, I think that's awesome. I love that they're doing that. But after the game, you saw Ant uh, talking to Jalen Brown kind of in the tunnel, both georgia guys um who knows what jalen brown's future is <laughs> in, in boston or um, where in the twin cities he decides to buy a home it's yeah J- jalen, minnetonka jalen brown, the lakes where do you jalen brown might be of you me and jalen brown he might be the worst dribbler out of the three of us but there's still a lot <laughs> to like about jalen and i've seen some people when i've tweeted about maybe going after him like we don't want jalen brown his values diminished what's well, like well it's like the carl stuff too everyone's diminished once you get into the playoffs and the the spotlight's on yeah. you and they start to nitpick your flaws I mean, Anthony Davis has been nitpicked. Uh, so it's just going to be interesting, but I don't know. I don't, I'm down. Keep sending me the Carl trade ideas. I like them. I think Carl is the guy that makes more sense to trade solely from like a, you're going to get more value for him. I don't know what, I mean, 
I'm not going to trade Rudy Gobert to the Mavericks for salary filler in the 10 pick. Like that's not. And Tim uh, Hardaway Jr. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. So, yeah. uh, but it, that, I think that we're going to be doing this Phil, for the next three months. Like I, I really do think once we get through the draft and you start to get into free agency, the CBA compiled with just the player empowerment of every year. Now it's almost like the, transfer portal in college sports where it's like if james harden is done in philly he's just going to go to houston and enjoy strip clubs and if he gets bored there for a year then he's going to go play for a contender it's just you're going to see all these guys move around and as they get older and they see that they don't have much time left to try to win a ring it's going to be even more you know compelled to try to trade these big these guys are going to start making 50 60 million dollars you can't trade those guys for salary zach Zach levine i was i just because when that trade floated across i knew that he's been signing big contracts but Zach Levine's under contract for like three more years with the Bulls. I think it's forty-eight or fifty million dollars at the end of that contract. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's 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 insane. And Cat and Gobert are, are getting closer to sixty million by the end of their supermax contracts. So okay, just on this Blazers one because this is the one that, and I, I am with you. I'm not just gonna panic trade Cat for the sake of it because at worst, I think there's a lot of people that are painting the Timberwolves situation as way more dire than it is. It's not dire. It's just, right. it just didn't reach expectations. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference between, oh my God, we didn't reach expectations. Let's panic and nuke it or make a dumb trade or trade someone for 25 cents on the dollar. Now your team is worse. And just, okay, weathering and, and uh, I guess soaking in the fact that, yeah, you didn't meet expectations, but let's, you can still make a trade at the deadline. You could still make a trade next summer. So I'm not panic trading, but I want the offers. Give me, yep. I, give yep. me your ideas. I, yep. I'm send us your ideas in the this score North YouTube comment section. Yeah, we should. Uh, as I, Mason and Ireland have been the longtime afternoon drive hosts oh, yes. on ESPN LA, just a great radio show. And one thing they've said for 20 years is entertain the premise. Yep, entertain the premise. I think the way we frame it on reckless speculation for. You know, Mackie and Judd is it's a safe space, which you just said. So this is a safe space. We're not trying to drive Cat out of town, but it's a safe space for how do you make the Timberwolves better in the next five years. And so this, to me, like this Blazers trade that you and I just have made up out of thin air, by the way. This and is again, not, there's like... credit to you because I honestly, I know the Hollander thing came up, but I this is one of those times again where we're more, I'm not a reporter, right? We always say we're not reporters, we're not journalists. We're more like, influencers or media personalities uh that really took off because of that dumb idea that you and i talked about that night of the lottery so well, what was it the, what were the details again you get the assist so this is the type of trade that would interest me more because i think i think you should be looking at just the age windows of your key players anthony edwards yep is going to be 22 Jaden mcdaniels I, I would like nas reed to come back i don't know that he's on the level of like anthony edwards or what Jaden mcdaniels can be but he but if you can find guys who are a little closer to that age range, mm-hmm. I'm not saying your whole roster should be 21-year-olds, but but if, if you're going to swap Cat out, I don't know that it makes sense for it to be another 28 or 29-year-old. I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. Hey, if Jalen Brown makes sense, like I, I, let's entertain the premise. But with this Blazers idea, so you'd send out Cat, five years of Cat, by the way, which if you're mm-hmm. a team like the Blazers, the, how many avenues do the Blazers have? to get third team, all NBA caliber players outside of the draft and trade. Like I'm sorry. Like I love the Pacific Northwest and live there for a couple (laughs) of years. It's not a destination for free agents. Right. So Mm -hmm. 
So the so five years of cat would be a valuable thing for it wouldn't be you wouldn't be looking at that as a contractual burden I don't think even if he's not your number one. And then I, I in my trade that I created I sent Torian Prince out because part of what the Blazers would be looking to do is let's put adults around yep. Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. actual professional basketball player adults, and you could debate whether Cat's an adult, but I digress. <laughs> Torian Prince is an adult; he's a professional basketball player. He can carry the offense for stretches if needed, right? So you'd send out Cat, Torian Prince. You'd have to get back salary that's, that comes close to matching that. Mm-hmm. And so I said, third overall pick. We'll come back to that in a second. And free Simons, $24 million, 23-year-old dynamic offensive player. Defense is very suspect with mm-hmm. Anthony Simons. But you get a guy that's a 20, 25 points a game. He's been a starter to this point. We could debate whether he should come off the bench. And then for salary filler, I included Nurkic's contract. He's he's just kind of a, a guy that you would probably spin to mm-hmm. a third team. This is how a third team might get involved. Mm-hmm. And then go find another 5 or $6 million chunk like a Nasir Little or somebody as salary filler. So the deal would be Cat and Torian Prince for the third pick, Anthony Simons, some contractual fillers that you could spin to a third team. I would fight also for a future first-round pick. Like a, yep. I don't know, like a 2025 first round pick or something. And I would beg for Shaden Sharp, who's the 20 <laughs> year old kid, what from Kentucky, who showed some flashes. He was like the seventh overall pick. But I just, I don't, I mean, I think you have to start the conversation there and then it would probably come back down. If Scoot Henderson were the third guy, like let's say Brandon Miller went to Charlotte, number mm-hmm. two. If it's Scoot Henderson, I'm even more interested in a trade like this because now you've got your backcourt for the next five to eight years, potentially, in Scoot Henderson and Anthony Edwards. So that's when you brought that up via text, I was like, this excites me. These are players that fit the age window. These are di- now you've got dynamic scoring guards. You can keep Rudy around as mm-hmm. the big man adult guy who, you know, doesn't have to play next to another big. So I don't know. I'll shut up. What do you think? No. I think it's the the middle of the Venn diagram of if if and when you decide to pivot off of what this roster currently has, you know it's not going to be trading Ant or Jaden, mainly because they're just the youth aspect of it, and they're less expensive, even though they're going to get massive pay raises this summer. They're less expensive mm-hmm. than what a Rudy is or a Carl is. Um, but as we've also started to thread the needle and understand a little more and build off this foundation, you're not trading Carl or Rudy or anyone for just a boatload of picks that are 25, 27, 29, because we know the importance of Ant being in the playoffs and Ant being good now. Um, there's still very cases to be made that like LeBron didn't win his first ring till he was 27, like MJ didn't win his first ring till he was 28, but that doesn't mean you're just going to punt on valuable years of Ant. So rather than getting a bunch of picks, getting a young player in this draft, like a Scoot Henderson, is kind of the middle ground of that, right? Like we're, we're getting younger, we're cleaning up our books, but we're getting a guy that can play in October, like right away. Mm-hmm. We're not not a guy 25, you know, as great as it is for the Jazz and the Thunder and all these teams have all these picks, like that's a long time from now if you don't spin him into an asset now. So I, I like that. I, I don't think, to your point about the Sharp stuff, he's kind of like their Levine when when Levine was in Minnesota, like this yeah. uber-athletic guy that like had this, the sky's the limit for him. I think he's probably untouchable. Uh, Would you I'll, rather have Sharp or Scoot Henderson? If they said, okay, okay, you can have either the third pick or you can have Shaden Sharp. I That's a really good question. I I like Sharp. I saw him, saw him a couple times out here. When I went to that Wimbanyama 
versus Scoot Henderson game last October in Vegas, uh, that Scoot has just a competitive edge to him. I know he did two years in the G League, but he has a competitive edge to him that, like, I, I kind of love, it, love him as a prospect. D'Lo calls himself a killer. Scoot Henderson feels like an actual basketball yeah, killer. Yeah, D'Lo calls himself a killer, but, like, Scoot Henderson's got blood on his hands type thing. Like, yeah. he actually has committed <laughs> the crime. Uh, so, I th- so I think that'd be good. Now, I know if there's, like, six Blazers fans listening to this, uh, the one thing that's going to be awesome as we move from May to June and June to July, uh, Blazers fans are like, because they, they moved up in the lottery, so they have this asset. I, I understand being a fan base like that, but they're like, why would we trade for this guy who makes 50, 60 million who doesn't play defense? It's like, well, you're building around a guy who makes 50, 60 million and doesn't play defense. So like, relax. <laughs> but there are more teams right now that think that their assets or their hand is more of like some like a lot of teams aren't going to get what they want, right? Like everyone's thinking, well, maybe Embiid will demand a trade if Harden leaves. Okay, well, one team will get Embiid. And then the other 28 won't get him. So like for the Blazers, if they do dangle this pick, like, I don't know, is OG Ananobi a better fit? Maybe, maybe. Like is Jalen Brown a better fit than a Carl Towns? I don't think so. I don't so. know, like, man. I would rather just kind of have the Jeremy Grants of the world and re-sign those guys and Sharp and Lillard and maybe a rebounding four and then, and then Carl. So someone's going to have to give is my point because every fan base right now, I think there's a lot of fan bases that are saying what I'm saying, watching these playoffs that have been eliminated. Like, actually we're not in that bad of a spot. We just need one move here, one move there. Okay. But not everyone's going to get those moves. And some teams like, hell, if you want to say number three for Carl, the no team has a weirder ownership GM situation than like the Hornets. What if they're just like, screw it. We want to have a star next to LaMelo ball. We don't know if he's going to sign. Like, would they do two? and Rogier and other stuff for Carl. Wow. Look um, at you right I think, now. Oh <laughs> I think their GM Let's is Mitch Kupchak. So he, uh, yes, he, he'll make a deal. He said something recently in an interview about like wanting to get guys that can contribute now. So maybe he meant as a rookie. Um, but again, there's just, there's going to have to be dominoes that fall. And when those dominoes fall, it's going to lead to other dominoes falling. And you look around the league and it's like, James Harden, Trey Young, maybe a Jalen Brown. Like, how many guys are available and really, truly take off your Timberwolves hat? How many of them are actually better than Carl? They're all going to make $50, $60 million. Mm-hmm. And like you said, at least the player – some people are like, well, five years, $50 million each year? That sucks. Dude, You're not going to sign cap, anyone. Also, people are so hung up. I, I, yeah. I made this mistake when I think Steph Curry was the first player to sign a contract that, that got to $50 million, right? Mm-hmm. But just for fun here, NBA salary cap by year, all right? Now these are max slots, mm-hmm. so you know you can only at, at any given time you're only going to be able. But like the sticker price, it, it think of it less as oh my god, sixty million, and more as it's one of the two and a half max contracts. You know, you can have like two super max contracts and maybe like a like a rookie max contract, a mm-hmm. post rookie contract mm-hmm. max. the The sixty million dollar thing is the top twenty five players in the world. It's like quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just kind of a, do you have a franchise quarterback or do you not? Do you have a max player or or do you want to let him walk, right? I mean, the Wolves had to make this decision incorrectly, I might add, on Andrew Wiggins, for instance. Well, you just, you get to a point where you're a pretty darn good young player with some, you know, with some upside. And so I agree with you, man. You just, you just kind of nailed it with all these other players that are kind of like Carl Anthony Towns. They're like flirting with third team all NBA and they're available potentially in the next couple of months and... Uh, if you're the Blazers, I think there's a desperation, and I will use that word desperation, if they decide to hang on to Damian Lillard. That's the greatest player, all due respect to Clyde Drexler, in, fran- in franchise history. All due respect to uh, Mighty Mouse, Dame- Damon Sotomayor, and uh, 
Scottie Pippen at the tail end of his career. All due respect to Blazers everywhere. You might only have like two more years left. This is the why. Why would the Blazers do, do a trade like this? Because you might only have a year or two left of this Damian Lillard. If you're lucky. he's also You might have none left, by the way. Because mm-hmm. he could get hurt and miss 40 games. It's a thing that happens with him. Do you want to go out just kind of running it back with a similar group? Or do you want to make an actual splash move? Even if that splash move in reality, doesn't lead you to championship contention. If I were the Blazers, dude, I'd trade Damian Lillard. I think they're they're in a Kevin Garnett 15 years ago situation where, yeah, we could keep putting Ricky Davises around him and maybe we can draft a Randy Foy or cross our fingers on Rashad McCants or we can face reality and pull the trigger on a trade. Now, the Wolves biffed on the trade, yeah. of course. But, like, I just, the Blazers are in a really tough spot and I guess what I'm saying is you should make a phone call and take advantage if you can. Yeah, and I'm probably just going to keep saying the same thing all summer, but it it comes back to we cover the Wolves on this podcast and everyone is still pissed off about how much it costs to get Rudy and that the fact they didn't meet expectations. But when you let it marinate a little bit, it's like, well, they did make the playoffs, you know, back-to-back years. Again, I'm not apologetic or anything. Like, it was a a bad year. There's just teams that are in worse shape, right? Like, I don't think LeBron retires. I think that was all a ploy to get the roster that he wants. But if he does have one or two more years, like they're bleeped. <laughs> Damian Lord turns 33 next, like in a month and a half. Like that timetable, that pressure is more than what the Wolves have. You know, like they're going to sign Anton extension and they'll have a couple of years to figure it out. They're not even in the same spot as like the Mavs are with Luca. Like if the Wolves don't make a, a Western Conference Finals in the next three to four years, that'll go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. And I was like, well, I don't know if Ant's going to play his whole career here just because math and History tells you that no guy really does, but the Wolves have more of a runway to figure this out than Portland does, than the Mm -hmm. Lakers do, than the Mavs do. So I'm with you. It would be worth it to make a call. I'm kind of also with you on, I would, if I had the three pick and I could get Scoot and have Sharp and trade Dame and get all those picks, just become OKC, right? Like have an awesome backcourt and then build. But I also know living out here, how much that dude means to this community And I think if they, in their minds, and I kind of get it, when they traded Garnett, even if they did hit on that trade and they didn't, uh, you're going to suck. You're just going to suck for a while because youth doesn't win in the league. I mean, the the Wolves have the best dynamic duo under 25, in my opinion, and they can't win 50 games. They have a lot more talent. So I think they're like, well, if we're going to trade Dame and build on these two young guys, we're going to suck for five years. So why not try to go all in with Dame for a couple of years? And if it doesn't work, you know, we lose him or he we get 50 cents and then we're going to suck anyway. So I get mm-hmm. that, but I'm with you. I would trade him and build around the young guys, but he means a, it's special, right? Like Minneapolis, I think Portland, they're different than like an LA or New York where stars come in every other year. They know that once they lose that guy, they're not going to have a star for a while. So it's, mm-hmm. it's tougher pill to swallow. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, Cause you mentioned like the price tag on the Gobert trade. So we're almost a year in, we are, because it was early July, right? So we're 11 mm-hmm. months into the Gobert trade. And we have a lot more data to look at. All right, just going to just going to go through this real quick. Okay? You know this is <laughs> you know you guys know what the sticker says on this podcast. We're a couple of homers at heart. Yep, so, yep. always it's always funny when people comment or you guys are you guys are being homers. Yeah. That's generally I I would say our our home yeah, and you know stands. what? This isn't for this, because like, Score North is my favorite thing to log into every day. But just in general, uh, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for you. If you don't pay me, 
I'm going to say whatever the hell I want to say. Okay. So if you don't have to pay, there's no paywall. There's no subscription. There's no Patreon. Don't complain about the takes because they're free. If anyone <laughs> gave me, I will literally, if I, I hate mushrooms, but if mushrooms were for free, I would probably eat them. So I don't need to hear the criticism about, yes, how Homer it is because is it? there's 29 other fan bases that mean go look at what the Lakers just did in that fan base. So well, this is this is easily the most Homer show on Score North, <laughs> proudly, I would say, <laughs> proudly. Okay, so here are I'm going to lump the Gobert and Conley acquisitions in one conversation here, real quick. Oh, and we'll I'm get to Kyle's. Yep, we'll get to Kyle's conversation or Kyle's question of the week, and we'll get to some other stuff. But here are the players the Timberwolves gave up or the assets for Gobert and Conley. Okay, I'll give you Walker Kessler. That one stings. I think well, like the fact that you can get a lot of the same skill sets that Gobert brings on a rookie-scale contract, I think people are probably going a little overboard with Walker Kessler and what he can be. I mean, there's games where he gets played off the court too, but would I like to have Walker Kessler? Yes, I would. So that's yeah. that's a tough one, okay? Jared Vanderbilt. And I'm not trying to bully your dog on these guys, okay? Because I like Jared Vanderbilt. But that dude was played completely off the court in the playoffs. And this is where you aspire to be. You're no longer looking to get to the playoffs. And we talked about this a year ago. There are certain players that help you get from, you know, 28 or 32 wins to 45 wins. There's a, and and it happened 25 years ago too. some of the players that got the Timberwolves to the playoffs. They weren't going to be around anymore for various reasons. When you Mm -hmm. go from, you know, first round exit to where you really want to be. And Jared Vanderbilt, I think, probably is one of those guys. I mean, he did not play one minute in game four, season on the line against the Nuggets. They stashed him. Mm -hmm. Just put him off to the side. Malik Beasley played one minute in the entire Denver series, played 25 total minutes in the Warriors series the round before. So he played 26 minutes in the last two rounds of the playoffs. They just stashed him away. Malik Beasley is a regular season Tuesday night guy. Hey, we need you to go out there for 28 minutes, knock down some threes, and uh, whatever. Just and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's, an, he's a regular season innings eater. Yep. Right. Like he's, he's your number sport. five starter. Yep. Totally. All right. Patrick Beverly. So he turns 35 years old in a month from now. He had a career low three point percentage, despite playing with LeBron and AD. By the way, you're not going to get more open looks in your life than playing with LeBron and AD. And he and he had a career low three point percentage, and a career low player efficiency rating. I love Patrick Beverly. I would I would gladly take him back. But like, 35 years old, they kind of sold high on a guy that Mike Conley brings in a different trade later on. They didn't have Conley when they when they traded Beverly, but like Mike Conley kind of brings. Kyle Anderson kind of brings some of the, the leadership qualities that that you leaned on Pat Beverly for. D'Angelo Russell. These are all the players that the Wolves got for Gobert and Mike Conley. I would say, based on how much money he makes, he takes up a max contract slot on your team. $30 million, right? Not a super max, but a max contract slot. I would say we just saw one of the biggest disaster performances in NBA playoff history by a max contract player. He averaged six points per game against the Nuggets. He was two for 15 from three-point range. The Lakers contemplated benching him after like game one or two, but then it kind of leaked out that they were worried about losing him. Oh my God, if we bench him, we're going to lose him. Then they actually do pull him from the starting lineup before game four. He was a complete 
unmitigated disaster in that Denver series. He had a couple good games in the Memphis series, but he basically got played off the court. And man, if you start to look at the performance from D'Lo after those comments, just completely unnecessary interview with the athletic in the middle of your team's playoff run in which you're, you're going into business for yourself. You're talking about being a killer and needing to spread your wings and fly and how the Timberwolves held you back. I wouldn't be dumping on him so much the last three weeks, Kyle, if he hadn't gone into business for himself, dumping on the Timberwolves, being selfish and oblivious. It's like, dude, just put your head down and grind and figure out a way to stay in the game against Denver. And he couldn't even do that. Uh, Leandro Balmaro, six points this season. <laughs> Au revoir. He scored uh, six points this season. And then, the, and then the draft picks, I get it. But like, yeah. If I, did, I had this in my notes at one point, like my notes app on my phone. But if you go look and look at everything in total, in like total from the Gobert trade, and then you also add in the D'Angelo Russell trade. Oh, and the Keel Alexander Walker came with too. When, and again, not that this is going to be sexy to most, maybe even myself, but like three second round picks is not nothing. If you do remember the trade deadline was only three months ago, there was this holdup on, you know, the, the day of the trade deadline or the day before, I think, where it was like uh, the Lakers and Jazz have this idea of this trade, but they need Minnesota and Minnesota's playing hardball for these picks. Um that's crazy to think about now that the Wolves probably got the two. I mean, Russell Westbrook did kind of have a renaissance with the Clippers, so I don't want to take anything from him, but like you could argue that the Wolves got the two best or most important players for that for this season and next season, and they're the only team that got draft capital. So I uh, just because uh, I at some point, Phil, I would like to pick a date where we just kind of stop talking about everything about the Rudy Gobert trade. But as of now, the price is it will never truly absolve Tim Connolly or Mark Lawyer, whoever, of what you paid to get him. But I, if we go back to the house thing, like you got this $700,000 house that you paid $1.5 million for. But then you also, it seems like you got like a new Tesla or a new car for like 20 cents on the dollar. And that's what yeah. Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander are. So the house is still expensive. Or like a cabin or something. Yeah, you know? but like you at least got this really nice car now that you can fit into one of the four garage stalls you have. So that trade was awesome. I thought, uh, I mean, this it's no better time than now to do a victory lap. Um, I don't really like dumping on D'Angelo Russell, but it's also like you had one or two really good games and he helped them get, you know, turn their season around to get to the playoffs. But he showed again, like, Everything in that Laker Nugget series was really bad for him. Uh, I will wear a D'Angelo Russell jersey on this podcast if he signs with the Lakers. I have There's no, no way they mind. bring him back, right? They bring him back. What's funny is like in that athletic Q&A, he was clowning on the idea of being a third option, that I was like relegated to being a third option in Minnesota and had to defer. While, while being a third option in L.A., like he's lit, he's that's the crazy thing. He's dogging being a third option in the Q&A with the Timberwolves while being a third option with the Lakers. And then when they needed him to be the third option, he was nowhere to be found. It's one of the most head-scratching, not head-scratching, it's one of the most like oblivious, lack of self-awareness things I've ever and seen with the, a basketball the player. The frustrating thing is, is that, I, like I said before, he's better than people think he is, even if he had a really bad playoff series or run. He's just not as good as he thinks he is. And to say some of that stuff, I mean, you could make a real case that in Minnesota, he was like a third option because it's Carl, it's Ant, and then who else? I mean, I trust D'Lo more than probably Jaden in a lot of spots. But in L.A., 
Austin Reeves is just better than him. <laughs> like Austin Reeves at times was the best player on the court for the Lakers. So you're not even the third option there. And you couldn't even, you know, hit just kind of open threes. Um, it's just really bad. I mean, he is repped, as I've said before, by the same agent that Carl Devin Booker are repped by. Uh, those two guys got max extensions last summer. D'Lo didn't even get close. Yeah. His, his, his off season. And I think the frustrating thing with him, if you were coaching him or you're like, you know what, bring him into our system. We bring him over to score North. We can coach him up a little bit. <laughs> he's a good player. You want to do a you, podcast, D'Lo? We can, we can help you. You were, uh, you were on this early. Like he would be a great six man. He would be an absolute great six man where he can come in, get his shots. There's he's better than, in my opinion, he's more talented than a Jordan Clarkson. He can do all those things, but, but at least Jordan Clarkson like knows that he's Jordan Clarkson yep. to some extent. Yeah, sometimes he doesn't, but <laughs> yeah, you know it, it's not it's an apples and hand grenades kind of comparison. But I was all over golf this past weekend and watched that whole Michael Block story about that kind of PGA, you know, professional that got on the thing and made yeah. the top fifteen. River every time they're like, "Oh my God, you're golfing with Rory." Oh my God, you had you dunked a hole in one. Oh my God, you're making three hundred thousand. He was very humble about it. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe behind the scenes to his buddies, he was talking smack or just like celebrating, but he was always very humble about it. And I think that's the one thing it's like, I don't know how, even if you're the biggest D'Lo fan on Twitter that I'm sure you've changed your, your display pick by now, but how you wouldn't just like, okay, there's moments where you don't always need to talk. You don't always need to send tweets. Like sometimes the best thing for you is to just kind of go under the radar and I'm not sure if I would have celebrated one or two good games against the Warriors and thrown other previous employers under the bus because it's a really big summer for that guy. And I've seen Bobby Mark say he could make anywhere from 10 to 17 million. Well, that's not that much money nowadays, going back to what we're talking about, how much max players make. But if he signs for four years somewhere for 60 million this summer, I mean, his buddy, his past teammate, is going to make $60 million per year. Yeah, so that's I a pretty think, big blow. And that a lot of it just comes back to not being self-aware. And that's, that's if nothing yeah. else, listening to this self-awareness will get you far. Yeah. So I, I, I could babble on more, but I think, I think my points about D'Angelo Russell have been, have been taken at this point. Let's wrap this episode. And I feel like we have a lot of other stuff. We'll just, we'll save some stuff for next week. I am, uh, I was just texting with our guy, Craig Kilborn, who may join the show next Good. week as well. Love it. Love it. Super fan. So he told me, I think I can promote this. He's well, I'll just say he's got a very special wolves related guest on his podcast next week. So I'll let him do the promotion for that. But wow, uh, Cole we, Aldridge is getting back in the podcast game. That's awesome. Mm, <laughs> no, not Cole Aldridge. Not quite. <laughs> Although had him on uh, the old radio show back in the day and he just like didn't know that you couldn't swear on the radio. And <laughs> it was a really good, casual, fun interview, but he just like every other word. Just up, can't say that one, Cole, but thanks for joining. Well, I think we're finally now to the point on May 24th, 2023, that the Wolves aren't paying him. So uh, that will that would be celebrated. I'd love to just ask, like, hey, when those checks were coming in and you weren't playing basketball, how, how great was that? Yeah. Just $20 million. Dollars direct deposit and you're just like on the couch drinking beer. That's like a life. Uh... But anyway, yeah, Craig. Craig was great. I and mean, you and I saw him a lot during that playoff run. He loves talking about the team. So I'm excited to see who he's going to have. Yes. Okay, let's let's wrap the episode here with Kyle's question of the week on Flagrant Howls. Not prepared for this one today, but I've always been wondering to ask you because you cover the twins. You uh Purple Daily is like just you know a part of my morning routine uh on Vikings football. Um obviously we'd cover the wolves here. If you were put in charge of any of the main four Minnesota Pro men's sports teams, wow, which one 
do you think you'd have the best chance at winning a title? And what would your first transaction be? Like your first blockbuster transaction be? So I'm the I'm like the general You're manager the or the president GM. of operations. Maybe or whatever. judge the GM, but he has to report to you. Oh my gosh! Well, oh, this is so tough. It's probably not going to be hockey, just because that's not where we dabble the most. So no, but hockey is also like the sport where if you can just kind of well, unless you're the Wild, if you just kind of get in, it's it's becomes that's a crapshoot. Like the Bruins yep. will will be the greatest regular season team in history and just get bounced in the first round, or like the Florida Panthers will just get to the Stanley Cup finals. So there is a, there there actually is an argument for hockey because if you can just put together a decent team, they might win the championship. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in the NBA. You can't just like put together a team that gets in. Well, what about the Heat? They're going to get in. Yeah, but Heat culture has been built up for yeah. those bricks have been laid since the late 90s yeah. or maybe the mid-90s, whenever Pat Riley took over as the coach. And it was Alonzo Mourning and those those sort of late '90s Heat teams. That culture is 25 years in the making, where you can now you can put in undrafted these undrafted players. Yeah, it's Heat culture. Yeah, right. So that's a man. I would I would say the Vikings, dude. Okay. The NFC. There's the, there's not many great quarterbacks in the NFC. I am curious to see another year of Kirk Cousins, second year in a system, mm-hmm. 11 of 12 offensive linemen coming back. You got a weapons upgrade with Jordan Addison. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but can you build something the next couple of years? And then if it's not Cousins, is the car built enough where you've got a bunch of good young defensive players? You got Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, franchise left and right tackle. Is there another driver of the car you could plug in and be kind of 49ers like with that? So. I would say, well, I mean, like, I'm a Wolves homer, so I'd probably say the Tim Wolves, <laughs> and then I would just, like, get beaten the first round every year. But I think as far as who can win a championship, I don't think it happens this year, but the Vikings have some things going for them. So that's my answer. And this all stems from I was talking – my parents were in town this past weekend, and my dad was – who has hit 70 was like, I wonder if I will see a, a Minnesota sports on the men's side, a, a championship before I die. And who knows? My dad probably got – my dad might outlive me at this rate. But uh, I just I just kind of put a perspective onto which team is the closest, which team would I want to run. And also, as I watch these NBA playoffs again more and more, and you just see, like, the parity. I mean, I think we're entering an age now in the NBA of parity. I think we're going to see, you know, more Nuggets, Heat-type, medium-sized, small-market championship yeah. finals. Uh, football is, like you said, you're one injury away to a quarterback from that being wide open. Um, baseball, I don't know enough about. Uh, I really liked the, the Otani rumors this week for the Twins. And then hockey, like you said, hockey probably has the largest variance of just like it just takes a hot goaltender. Yeah. Uh, but it to, as we started this podcast this week, being very much homers, I had this epiphany with my dad that, you know what? I think the numbers, the stars are going to align at some point, And one of those teams is just going to kind of maybe even fall forwards. Right. But I'm guaranteeing I'm guaranteeing a Minnesota men's sports title by 2033. Oh wow! Okay, so it's, you you're guaranteeing it in the next ten years. There it is. And if it is the Timberwolves, we got you covered here on If, if, if the Timberwolves win a, a title in the next ten years, I will just quit my job. I'll just quit my main <laughs> job and like I'll just I might I'll go unemployed. Well, you'll be just, the ultimate influencer at that point. You can. Just, I'll be just you know. drinking so much on a Tuesday that it'll be un, unhealthy and unconscious. We would appreciate if you guys could give us a five star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, and also if you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel. Help spread the word about this awesome community that you guys are helping us build here on Flagrant Howl. So that's a wrap for this episode. 
He's Kyle. I'm Phil. And this is a Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.